1: Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and today I am chatting with Christina Linkowski, and we're talking about one of my very favorite topics, and that's being a podcast guest. It's trickier than you would think. Christina is going to share with us why being a guest on other people's podcasts should be your next marketing move. Again, trickier than you would think, and we're going to talk a lot about that. So Christina is a forward-thinking publicity strategist. And she's an educator for entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors looking to expand their credibility and go from best-kept secret to go-to expert in their industries. And you can do that being a guest on other people's podcasts like this one. So during her 13 years of PR agency and consulting work, she has helped clients earn spots in print publications like Martha Stewart Living, Sunset, Reader's Digest, and Big Life, and online coverage at MSN.com and TravelChannel.com, among others. Now, Christina is joining me today on your partner in Success Radio to share how you can actually drive warm, qualified leads to you by being a guest on People's Podcasts what you should have in place before you start pitching to other people's podcasts, how to come up with killer topics. Oh, I've got some, we were talking in the green room a bit ago. I'm still on fire and how to find podcasts that your ideal customer is listening to Christina. Thank you for being here today. This is a big topic and I'm glad you're here because I think we both have some pretty good do this. And for God's sake, don't do that tips.
0: Yes, exactly. I am so excited to be here and speak with your audience about the power of being on other people's podcasts and, um, you know, what it can do for their business.
1: Well, and it can. And a lot of people, I'm sure you've had this happen. I've had clients say, oh, you know, I want to be on other people's podcasts. Terrific. Go forth, go do. And then all of a sudden they'll say, oh, I didn't get anything out of that. They've been on maybe three podcasts and they didn't get anything. Nobody paid them. Seriously? Right. It's a yeah. long yeah. game. So let's talk about it's yeah. a long game. So I'm going to Absolutely. mute myself yeah. and let you run with it because I'm still a little miffed about what happened just before I got <laughs> it. <him. laughs> I need to get over myself real quick here. <laughs>
0: no worries. No, I'm still drinking my coffee, so I'm in a great mood oh. right now. So let's talk about, um, uh, I'm happy to dive into this. The first thing that I kind of want to say before I get going on this, though, is kind of explaining what exactly, um, you know, where podcasts fit in the marketing landscape. Um, And I think this is important because, you know, we all kind of have different ideas of what a podcast might look like or what being a guest on a podcast might be. But to your point, why do we do this work? What is it that makes it so important? And your marketing is split into three different pillars, three different areas, Um, earned, owned, and paid. And so paid is the shocker stuff that you pay for. So, you know, ads, um, if you were to do some kind of paid campaign, you know, anything like that is going to fall into that category. Owned is the stuff you own. So your social media channels, your website, Um, the things that you have control over. And then the third pillar, which is what I focus on, is earned. And a lot of people overlook earned media when they look at their marketing because it's it's work. You know, it's work that doesn't have necessarily a short-term guarantee, to your point. You may not see a return on it right away. Um, And it's also not something that you can just throw money at and expect for it to work. Um, But the thing about earned media that's so important to remember is that when it does land, when you do get on a podcast, when maybe, you know, an article comes out about you, something like that, it matters to people. And it matters a lot more than something that maybe they just saw cold. Um, You know, someone coming into your world that came from a cold Facebook ad versus came from hearing you on a podcast interview and wanting to find out more are two very different customers. There are two very different places in their trust of you, their knowledge of you, and wanting to learn more about what it is that you do.
1: Exactly. And I will will tell anybody who listens, listen, if you can get on a podcast, it gives people the opportunity to get to know you a little bit, to like you Mm -hmm. and trust you, because like you said, now they're interested. They're like, hmm, what is it that she does? Yeah. Oh, I like what she was talking about. Well, let me go find more. Let me connect with her on LinkedIn and Gab and MeWe and all the different platforms. It's a long game. So once you start supplying people who are now following you with really great information, they're Mm -hmm. probably Mm -hmm. going to go, you know what, I want to take her course or I want to read her book or I just like her. I'm just going to follow her around. There's no telling what's going to happen, but you're right.
0: That's so funny that you said that because that is very true as to how people will start to interact with you. Like I got into doing only podcasts because I launched the course and I did what all the, you know, online gurus said to do. I did paid social ads. I did all this stuff, even though I had worked in publicity for well over a decade at that point. I was like, well, I guess this isn't just what I do, you know, here in the online world. I guess I just need to do some ads and, you know, have that run to a webinar and X, Y, Z. And it was a huge failure. It did not work for me. And that's not to say that obviously it doesn't work for other people, but I hadn't had publicity as a part of that. And so the next time when I launched my course, I did. I started to book myself on podcasts, started to do some other things, and it was a world of difference. People actually seeking me out as opposed to me just spending tons of money to have these cold ads come in that never converted. Um, So being a guest on podcasts was a real game changer for me. And to your point, it is a long game. You know, um, me being on this podcast today, like, that would be amazing if I had some people reach out to me and be like, hey, I heard you on Denise's show, really liked what you had to say. But I'm also not going to be surprised if I hear from someone six months down the road or if I hear from someone, you know, further down um, or maybe someone just joins my list. Um, I don't necessarily know that they're exactly from this. Um, So it's a long game. It's kind of a cumulative thing. Um, some people will reach out to you right away. Sometimes I'm on a show and I'll get a DM from someone, hey, I just heard you on XYZ, really liked what you had to say. Um, or to, my, to that, I might make a sale six months down the road from someone that doesn't ever reach out to me but heard me on a show. So it's not necessarily going to be a, a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am type of situation um, I realize that maybe isn't the most appropriate um, uh, thing to say, but, you know, that it's not that type of a situation. It's definitely more of that um, that long-term goal, like you said.
1: And I wish more people would understand that. Listen, when we as a, a host get you to come on our, our shows, for me at any rate, it's because I like you. I've already done the pre-interview with you. I may have already been somehow – you know, related to you online. Yeah. You never can tell. Um, yeah. Maybe I've already followed you a bit, or maybe I've never heard of you. But whoever referred you did it with great verb and aplomb, and I'm like, okay, yeah. let me meet this person. Once I yeah. do that or you, pre-interview, or you
0: as the entrepreneur since a great right. yeah, exactly.
1: That's exactly mm-hmm. right. And once we've had that pre-interview, which I always do, and some people will say, I'm yes. not going on without a pre-interview. Well, you're not coming on mine. And I'll I'll tell them yeah. straight out this is why I do it. I'm going to be on air with you for sixty minutes. I
0: need to be able to. I better like you. (laughs) Yeah, better like you. (laughs) And if I don't like you, yeah. And if we can't converse well for
1: sixty minutes, I'm not going to waste my time or yours or the audience. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell anybody who wants to know. My guests, like you today, literally become my mentors. I don't ever walk out of one of these shows without having learned one, two, or three things. Oh, I love with that. Me. And my goal is for my guests to give my audience exactly what you give me. Something mm-hmm. to think about, something mm-hmm. to ponder, something to do. This is why we do Denise, that. Denise,
0: I love I love that you just said that. Um for me and for my clients, the, the biggest thing I'm always thinking before I send a pitch and before they go on as a guest is service over self promotion. That is what mm-hmm. I uh preach on and my business, that is something I am consistently telling my clients, something I'm consistently telling myself, too. You know, we are always looking to give, you know, to give value as opposed to just be selling our products, right? I want to make sure that when I go on a show like this, I'm going to give some great knowledge to that audience. You know, if they decide that they want to learn more about me at the end of it, great, fantastic, that's wonderful. But that is not the whole, that's not the whole point of me being on this show. And
1: I'm so glad you said that because that's what got me all miffed this morning. That and my bank lost some yeah. deposits, and I'm not happy about that. So I've got two you things to tell you. You should happen. tell your
0: audience what happened this morning. I mean, this is good for people to hear, like, what happens to hosts because I think that people don't realize how many pitches podcast hosts get. Um, oh, and that's yeah. not to say that you shouldn't try and you shouldn't be sending them quality pitches. That's how you get on these things. But you know there is a real, you know, there's a real um, lack of standards when it comes to most of the pitches that podcast hosts get. Um, and so that's I think shocking. that I think that you could speak to that. Well,
1: very definitely, and I know you can too, but what has been happening, and I'm noticing a real uptick because my podcast is big, it's been around for quite a long time, and you know people will find me p r people will find me authors you know their their p r people will find me. Mm -hmm. But what is happening is people are just kind of doing it on their own, not knowing, and God bless them, I'm not slamming them, I'm not. And we're here, both of us are here to tell you what not to do, because I think it's important. Yeah. Yeah. I will get probably 15 to 20 requests each week. And not necessarily for people that I already know who are already sending me pitches. They know me, their company has sent me pitches for a long time. They know who I'm looking for, but these are the ones that they're doing it on their own. And I just want to say, okay, sit down, take a breath. You didn't listen to my show. Did you? You don't know that this is a business podcast. I don't care about mommy boobs. Honest to God. I got one about mommy boobs. I'm not kidding you. And like really, <laughs> which is
0: fine if that was your audience, but it's not. It's so not. yeah, it doesn't it's make sense. Not.
1: Yeah, and I mean, she had a a wonderful website, but her pitch was all about her. You know, what kind of products mm-hmm. you should buy on her site, and what. And I, I uh, always look. Uh, uh, I don't just turn you turn you out flat, but because I'm thinking, well, you're not going to be a fit for me, but I may know other hosts that I can maybe right. refer you. To.
0: Totally, but,
1: but they're coming hard, fast, and furious, and they're starting to really wig me out a bit. I'm like,
0: dude,
1: (laughs) you you don't even know me. You don't care. And what you're doing is you're making darn sure that you're not trying to disguise that you want me to be your billboard.
0: At least try to
1: hide that. But Well, see, what we said
0: earlier, you need to go in with a mindset of service over self-promotion. Right. It it can't be just about you. And I think that's an important, important thing to remember when you pitch. And, you know, I teach people how to pitch. And then, of course, I pitch on behalf of my clients as well. But what you said makes, makes exact sense. Like when I teach people, I'm like, you have to listen to the show before you send a pitch. Like you, you cannot just blanket send a pitch because they know they're going to know right away. Yeah. If you haven't listened to their show at all, if you have no you know, kind of um, connection point there, Um, you know, it's not going to work.
1: No. And I'm getting pitches from people say, I've got this great app. I just built it. You know, it's for everybody. Go away. That's my immediate response. Go away. (laughs) You haven't given me any topics that you can share. You you haven't told me what you can bring to the audience in terms of service. Go away. I'm having to really kind of bite my lip when I get these and and not just ignore them because that's rude. They took the time to come find me. I owe them a response, even if it's not what they wanted to hear. But it's time consuming. So I would ask all of you who want to be on our podcast pay attention to what we're actually doing. We would appreciate
0: that. Yeah. Well, and to your point, suggest topics. Um, this is a big thing. Um, a, a host doesn't just want to know your resume. Um, they don't want to just know that and then expect, you expect them to come up with topic ideas based around their resume. Um, you need to be doing the heavy lifting when you go to to a host. Um, and this is, this is a big thing um, because I'll tell you right now, out of 10 times a pitch I send, the host will take one of those topic ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually it's not, you know, they don't necessarily have a specific thing in mind that they might want to talk to that person to. We have had it where they're like, hey, I like this topic. Could we do it a little bit more towards this? Absolutely, 100%. That is something that is great because then you know they're interested and invested in what that topic is. So absolutely, you know, no problem there. But my point being, you've got to come with a couple – you don't have to have a ton, but, like, two to three solid topic ideas is, is all a host needs, but you need to provide them with that so that they can choose one of those.
1: Exactly. And Christina, when I get a one sheet and most people send me a one sheet because most of these are Mm -hmm. companies who are are asking me to put their people on my my show, the one sheet will typically have four to five different topics because this Mm -hmm. is a 60 minute show. I may say, hey, this is great. Let's combine these three.
0: Right. That works Exactly. Exactly. And that's actually a great point. I know that one thing we were going to talk about is stuff to have ready. Um, before you started pitching, and um, I will say that the one sheet that Denise is talking about is is what it sounds like, Um, you know, one sheet (laughs) that, um, you know, has a little bio on you, has some topic ideas, has some um, sample questions even, and maybe even like an as-seen-on, like places that you might have already been on, whether that was like another podcast or even like a summit, um, you taught at something um, you know, wh- whatever. Um, that's a very nice thing to have before you start pitching, but I also want to stress that it's not necessary if you're, if you're pitching yourself and you're just getting started. It's a great thing to have, but you don't have to have it if you include that information in your pitch.
1: Exactly. As long as we know who you are, what you do, and what you bring to the table, we're happy. Mm-hmm. A one-sheet's a great exactly. way to do it. Having a Word document 100%. that you can edit and PDF, send that over, whatever you want to do. But don't make mm-hmm. me go hunt you down, because honestly, yeah. I don't have time. Yeah. I'm probably not going no. to do it.
0: No. Um, I, I think that that's, that's great that you said out, which is the time. I mean, you guys also, people need to understand that podcast hosts, you know, they're not getting paid to do these podcasts for the most part. This is their, them sharing their knowledge. It's marketing for their business, you know, all those great things. But it's a lot of time and a labor of love for them to put out podcasts. So make sure you're not expecting that time, um, you know, by sending a, a, a succinct pitch that has story ideas that they can easily say yes or no to. Um, And, of course, by, you know, being a good guest that shows up and serves, you know, gives value um, to their audience.
1: Exactly. And, listen, I've only had maybe three in all the years I've been doing this. I've been doing this for 13 years. And only recently I had to delete a show because this guy would not, Mm. absolutely would not stop referencing his business that's not why you're here. Oh yeah. Yes, I will ask yeah. you at the end of it, where can people find you? I'm not ignoring it, but you're here to share information, not your pitch. Exactly. And I cut him short about 45 minutes. I felt terrible, but I couldn't move him off of dead center. And then two weeks ago, yeah. I just, uh, you know, I'm still mad about this. And I just deleted it. It didn't deserve <laughs> Any purpose other than to billboard my podcast, right? So I hated to do it, but sometimes you have to do that. So, and that leads me into how do you come up with killer topic ideas that are not going to offend your host? I mean, seriously.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'd love to dive into that. This is um, a really fun thing. I do a monthly workshop um, where I teach people how to pitch. And this is actually one of my favorite parts is helping them come up with topic ideas because, I love to get people – like, they get excited. You get excited when you get a good topic idea and you, you know, want to talk about it and you, you, um, you know, want to give that service and that action and everything like that. Um, but really the thing that I recommend is take a look at the show that you, you know, you have one that you're maybe thinking that you'd like to be on. See what kind of topic ideas they've – like the titles of what they've had in the past. And what you'll notice is that a lot of, a lot of things kind of have a pattern. Like, it'll be a how to X, Y, Z, or the three reasons why X, Y, Z. Like, there'll be kind of, um, you know, some, a little bit of a formula when you see some of the titles. And that's kind of how I tend to have people come up with their topic ideas. So how to X, Y, Z, the three ways to blah, 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 um, the four things you need to do, da, da, da. And that's a really great way to be coming up with topic ideas that a host is going to immediately know what exactly that is and what you're going to be able to share with their audience.
1: I love that. So let's talk about people who are new to podcasting, because listen, I I don't think a lot of people understand, Christina, that podcasting is, you know, you know, that thing that scares everybody worse than death speaking. You are public speaking. You are in Mm -hmm. a public speaking arena. Fortunately, I don't have any troubles with that. I also don't have any filters, so you know I <laughs> have to be careful. <laughs> same, yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, that's why we get along. But but here's the thing: yeah. when you're when you're coming up with things, I'm going to warn you right now. You're going to need to speak to your topic extemporaneously. If you are not mm-hmm. on top of what it is that you're sharing, if the guest, me or Christina, says, you know, what about blah blah blah, and you're like, ugh. Oh god. Yeah. You don't you don't want to be that that person. So what do you suggest when people are coming up with these topic ideas, should they write them down? Should they practice? Because speaking extemporaneously doesn't come easily for an awful lot of people.
0: No, it definitely doesn't. And you know, to what you said earlier, one about having the pre-call ahead of time and why it's so important is that it is public speaking, you are speaking, but one thing that's important to remember is you are also having a conversation, um, and that's, that's I think, really key to, to remember for folks, and for some folks, that does tend to calm them down a bit, because knowing, okay, the host is also going to be there, I'm not just going to be talking for 50 minutes straight, you know, that type of thing, um, but you need to be ready, like any conversation, to discuss various things, you know, you're going to have a main topic, but of course, it's not going to be like, hello, I'm Christina. And I'm here to talk to you about podcasts. And then I just talk for 50 minutes or something like that. No one wants to listen to that. That's, you know, got their earbuds in or, or whatever, excuse me. Um, so you do need to be prepared. You do need to be ready. But the thing that I tell my clients um, all the time, because we all have our freak outs before we go on a podcast every now and again is that you are an expert in this whatever it is that you you know are trying to do whatever your topics are things like that you are who should be talking about this um imposter syndrome rears its ugly head all the time in my world um you know people saying who am I to be talking about xyz who am I to be talking about this or that you know I can pretty much guarantee that if you came up with some killer topic ideas and you are, have the chops to back it up, you're going to be fine talking to a host about whatever that particular topic is, having a conversation about it. Um, and I bet you're probably going to have a pretty good time doing it. Um, but you just need to get out of your head a little bit. You know, the thing that I always say, I, I've said, like I realized that I just said that this as well, but is what is the worst that could happen? Um, and in my mind, and for most people, the worst that could happen is maybe they mess something up. They don't say something correctly. Um, you know, they're, they're worried that they're going to say something wrong. And honestly, that's okay. I mean, it's, it's okay to flub up. It's okay to have these mistakes. Every single entrepreneur, that you know, speaker or author that you love or you follow, they have messed up in a speech or on a podcast interview or something like that. We don't care. It's okay. You know, we move forward. We still spend our money with them. And I think that when it comes down to publicity and visibility, getting yourself out there, I think not being visible, not putting yourself out there on podcasts is the worst that can happen, way worse than anything that you might flub up during a conversation or during an interview.
1: And there's a couple of things that crossed my mind while you were saying that. Many podcasts now are recorded. They're pre-recording pre-recorded. See, I just flubbed. Um, yeah. I do it all the time. <laughs> it's my show. We all do I don't it. Care. We all do, I do it. All yeah. care. I, I was on one recently with a friend of mine who is also a podcast host and I had to, I knew it was being recorded. So I, I said, Meredith, can we take that part out and I'll just pick up? She said, yeah. So I just kept on going, corrected this time and she just cut it out. However, when you're on a podcast like mine, which is live, I don't mm-hmm. do anything with it. When we're through, when we finish this, it's going to be out in Apple to iTunes within about 30 minutes. I don't mess yeah. with it. Yeah. But if – and I've had this happen because sometimes I'll come up with a question and I'll, and somebody will say, oh, Denise, that's a great question, but I don't have an answer. That's the best response. Just yeah, don't try to go, nice oh, thing my thing. God, make up something. Just say, you I know what, I'm sure going have, to go find – yeah. yeah. I'm going to go find out and I'll get back with you and, and I'll say, oh, that's terrific. Once you, once you let me know, I will share it with my audience. Just don't try to make Perfect. it up. Just go with it. Be comfortable. Go with it. Go
0: with it. And and it's okay. Like, like to that point, it's totally okay to say that, you know, it's all right. It's it, again, this is a conversation, you know, when I have a conversation with my friends, even, you know, sometimes they might ask something that I don't know the answer to. They don't judge me for that. They don't, you know, there's there's nothing going on there. People just want to hear what you have to say, and they want to get to know you. I find
1: that I'm not nearly as smart as I think I am during these podcasts.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Once I, became oh, parent, once I became a parent, I was like, oh, you are not smart at all, are <laughs> you? Yeah. Like... We're all human. So,
1: so let's yeah, talk through your process. We are. We are. Absolutely. And listen, I've been doing this for so long that if I make mistakes – I just make them and laugh at myself. And, you know, I'm pretty Absolutely. I'm pretty sure that at least once, twice, ten times during a podcast, I'm going to make some kind of boo-boo. Oh, well. You know,
0: it's, <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. My main goal is just to not swear. My main goal is just to not swear when, uh, when I'm on a podcast. That's, that's like yeah, I try to. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Don't do it, Christina. Don't do it. Yeah, so that's, that's um, what I'm telling myself.
1: Every once in a while, you'll hear me say, oh, crap, but that's about as big as it gets.
0: That's pretty benign. That's pretty benign. Yeah.
1: Okay, so let's walk through your process, if you don't mind, because I know we've been kind of jumping around a bit, but let's start with A, B, C, D, because people, listen, podcasts are the biggest growth industry right now. And I suspect that's going to happen for a long, long time. And you know, I I think Mm -hmm. I shared this with you. I lurk in in a couple of podcast um, groups on Facebook, and I'm gonna tell y'all right now some of the questions that get asked in there and answered. I promise you, I will never need a facelift. And some of them are so bizarre and so ludicrous <laughs> that my eyebrows are yeah. up in my hairline, and I always look surprised. I will not need surgery at any point in my life. <laughs> so Man, I'm maybe going I should frequently yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you which ones they want. That's some of you people. just go... What yeah. the heck? What do you guys doing? <laughs> I In my voice, I'll go up four octaves, my eyebrows go up, and then I have to go stick my head in the refrigerator to meditate a bit because I can't take it anymore. <laughs> yeah, open refrigerator door syndrome. Your mind goes blank. But the thing is, and I, I can't stress this enough, and I think you'll agree with me, Christina, is use some common sense. If you have mm-hmm. never, ever had a podcast And you've got 12 in the can, but they're not uploaded yet, and you're asking how to get a sponsor, go sit Mm -hmm. down in the corner for a while. That was a stupid thing Mm -hmm. to think of. It's not – never mind. Just don't get me started on that. But anyway, so let's (laughs) – I want people to really succeed doing this. So please, please, please use some common sense. Get with people. Mm -hmm. Take advice from people who have done what you are trying to do. Don't take somebody's advice that has had a podcast for, ooh, 12 and a half minutes. Don't do it. Common sense is your friend.
0: I think what you just said, too, is important for people to understand, um, and I just want to make sure this is clear. What we're talking about today, too, is being a guest on people's podcasts, and I want to make it clear that you don't need to have your own podcast to reach right. out and be a guest on other people's podcasts. I get asked this question a lot. A lot of people will say to me, oh, well, I don't have a show. That's okay. That's, that's not a problem. Um, most of my clients, they don't have their own podcast. It's great when they do because, obviously, that's just a, a great credibility marker to be able to say, hey, they have one too, or even do you want to do a swap, that type of thing. But in no way is that like a have-to-have thing in order to start pitching yourself to podcasts. Again, you're just looking to bring that value to the audience. That's what they're interested in. Um, so, anyways, I just wanted to throw that in there real quick because no, you're right. as we talk about podcast groups and we talk about this stuff, that question gets asked a lot.
1: It does. And I'm finding that a lot of people who, you know, once they've made the rounds of podcasters like me, like my friends, like you, all of a sudden they're like, I want to do that, too. So now they're podcasting. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: So there's, you yeah, know, step absolutely. one, step
0: two, step mm-hmm. three. Exactly. And podcasts are wonderful. They're great. Like if you end up deciding that you want to do one, go for it. Like, I mean, to Denise, what you said, this, this niche, it's not even a niche market anymore. It's actually not considered one anymore technically because there's more podcasts than Spotify, right. um, more pod. I mean, there's more podcasts than like anything right now, but um, uh, you know, this is something that you should absolutely be doing. And I think it's only going to increase now that um, even more now that Facebook Um, has changed their algorithm, meaning that it's going to be harder for people to do ads. Um, So one nice thing about being a guest on podcasts is we we don't have to worry about any of that stuff. We don't have to worry about algorithms changing. We don't have to worry about any of this different stuff. It is just organic content that you can use in many ways and get out in front of people and not have to worry about Facebook deciding they want to change something, and then you're not able to get in front of people anymore.
1: Exactly. And these days, if your RSS feed, really simple syndication feed is out there, you'll find that all of a sudden your podcast without you trying to get it out there is on all kinds of platforms. A couple months Mm -hmm. ago, I found my podcast on Audible. I didn't put it there. Oh, that's awesome. It's on Prime. It's on yeah. Prime. I didn't put it there either. It's everywhere. And so listen to it. Amazon. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, I'm We're like, oh, we, we own everything now. Yeah, we, um, no, I think that's a great point. That's a great point. You will start to see your stuff, you know, and that's what you want. You want it out in front of as many people as you can, um, you know, trying to get in front of new audiences and all that good stuff. So podcasts are wonderful if you want to start one more power to you that's something that i have as a goal like that's something i want to do this year but it's not a must-have what you know in order to be able to pitch
1: exactly okay so now we've covered a lot of stuff not everything is about well, yeah, being a guest I'm, so really I'm, sure. yeah. I'm giving you permission to tell me to shut
0: up and talk about what you're here to no, talk no. About. You, you and vice versa i'd be like Christina, okay they get it they get it yeah i um you know, uh, would you like me to talk about kind of the, the pitch process? Is that what you, you want, want, me, want to, me to?
1: Well, go, when you're, t- when you're working with people, just, just kind of go through your natural rhythm, where you start and where they ultimately, sure. you know, I'm not asking you to, to tell us how to do everything, but just what it, where does one, two, three, four, where do they start? Sure.
0: Great question. I think that the most important, I have a few questions that I ask. first off. One is, who is your ideal customer? who is that person? Okay, so when you think about that ideal client for you, that ideal customer, who is that person? For me, for instance, it's a entrepreneur, a speaker, an author that is looking to up their credibility, up their visibility um, through being a guest on podcasts, right? So that's who my ideal customer is. And this is really important to remember with podcast work. This always needs to be what you're thinking about because you need to be finding audiences that are full of that. Okay. So that's, this is a big thing. I don't want you just trying to get on a podcast to be on a podcast. Okay. There are a lot of podcasts out there. In fact, over a million of them. Um, and that's great, but you need to be finding the ones that are full of your ideal customer. So the first thing I ask them is that who is that ideal customer? Secondarily, I'm asking Um, what is your call to action? So what is it that you want to have them do at the end of your podcast interview? Like at the end of every interview, most every host, and I'm sure Denise will do it at the end, say, how can people find out more about you? Okay. So what is it that they want to be driving, how do they want to be driving people to them? You know, do they want to be taking them to their website to sign up for a freebie? Or maybe it's to sign up for a consultation call. Or perhaps it's just to start following them on Instagram or something like that, whatever makes sense, Um, wherever kind of your funnel begins. So I always kind of ask, who's that ideal customer? What is the call to action? And how are we going to get them from A to B? Okay, so how are we going to get them from just being an ideal customer to being someone that is now in your orbit and following you? Um, there needs to be strategy behind the podcast work that you're doing. Um, I know I just said it, but I'm just i going to reiterate it again. You need to be getting on podcasts that are full of your ideal customer. Don't worry about the size of the podcast. That's a big thing. Um, People get really wrapped up in that. They'll ask me that a lot. Well, how many downloads does such and such podcast have? To be honest with you, I don't know. No one knows other than the host. Okay, so that information is not public. So I don't have any way of knowing how many. Yeah, yeah.
1: We don't actually know ourselves for the most part. Yeah, I I rarely get that question. But recently I've had two different people ask me, what are my downloads? And I had to think about it. And I said, listen, I'm heard everywhere. I don't have the time or the energy to go hunt down all those numbers. All I can tell you is how long I've been doing this. How many episodes I have, exactly, and if you exactly. want to come on the show, good enough. If you don't, I'll understand. And thank you for asking. Yeah, yeah. I don't supply those um, numbers because I don't know them.
0: They're a lot. That's nice that you say thank you for asking. I think a lot of hosts no. don't like when people ask uh, that. No. You know, because no, they you can ask. I just give it to them. Yeah, there's the implication there that, like, well, I don't want to waste my time if um, you don't have this certain amount of downloads. And that's essentially what people are asking when they ask that question. And I think this is a very, very important thing to remember because I'll tell you right now, if there is a podcast that has, let's say they get 500 downloads on iTunes and you think to yourself, well, I don't really know, is that worth, I don't know if that's worth my time, you know, 500 downloads, you know, I don't know if I want to go on and do that. Let me tell you this, if they're full of your ideal customer, That is an absolutely – even if it was 100 downloads, that is an absolutely – that's an absolute yes for me. If someone called me and said, hey, we'd like to have you come and speak at this event, we're going to have 100 people in the room speaking to you, you better believe I'd be booking that flight, getting my hotel room. I would be there. I get to be in front of 100 ideal customers. Yes. I'm going to be there in a heartbeat, and I'm going to be giving them content that they want to listen to. And the same exact thing goes for podcasts. Do not get stressed about the numbers. Just be thinking about who their audience is. Is this the right audience for you? If I could get in front of 100, 500, whatever people that are that ideal customer, be in their earbuds because they trust the host, that's someone that they like, I'm going to do that every single time. So don't get worked up about the numbers. Don't get stressed about that. Your goal is to get in front of that ideal customer. As you can see, I get very passionate about those (laughs) because it's a question that I get asked a lot about the numbers, how many downloads, this, this, and this. And I I don't like the train of thinking that it needs to be a certain amount in order to spend your time.
1: It's only happened to me a couple of times and recently, and I'm wondering who's training these people. I
0: have no idea. I mean, it it, happens. And it's hard because I I get it, again, from the PR perspective, the earned perspective. People want to know, like, what's my ROI? What's this or that? But PR, publicity, that earned media in general, it's not black and white like that. It's not cut and dry. Um, So you just kind of need to shift your thinking on it in general and just be thinking about, again, getting in front of the right audience, um, making sure that you're providing them with value and the leads are will come. It just may not be right away.
1: Exactly. Okay, keep going.
0: Um, so, anyways, that's the first thing that I do is kind of think about who's that ideal customer? What is the call to action that you want to take them to? And then I try to come up with topics or we try to come up with topics that, that kind of bridge the gap there. Um, so, things that are going to take them from, yes, I'm your ideal customer, but I don't exactly know what I should be doing next. And you're going to help them do that, Okay. So that's what I'm initially thinking of, making sure that there's strategy there. Um, The next thing that we typically do is come up with those topic ideas. We already spoke about how I come up with those, Um, you know, and that's a lot of that how-to, the X ways too. Um, But also going deeper, and I think this is important. Don't be afraid to have topics that really dig in, that go beyond the tactical, that go beyond how-to. Those are great, and some hosts only want those. But nowadays, especially as you said, people are getting pitched a lot, they like topics that might go a little deeper. Um, You know, I have a a client of mine that's based in um, Singapore, and we're pitching her here in North America. And, like, a topic that we're talking about is, like, how she was able to build her business working, because she mainly works in the U.S., from a completely different part of the world. You know, not sounding like everyone else, not looking like everyone else um you know how she was able to to kind of gain an audience and build an acceptance here in the us and topics like that are things that hosts do want to talk about um it's stuff that's interesting for their audience to hear
1: hmm Picture to me she sounds interesting
0: i will <laughs> i will it's very interesting and i think i think that like those topics are are what just like you guys did you hear what just happened i just pitched my client and then denise said Send her to me. That's exactly the type of thing that I want to have happen. So when you come up with these kind of deeper topics, know that hosts are interested in that as well. Again, as long as it's going to bring some action, um, actionable content, stuff that's going to really be of interest to their listeners.
1: So and listen, uh, you know, I go deep. deep. Topic. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and I go. To, we're, since we're talking about going deep, and I agree with you, mm-hmm. I don't want a bunch of fluff. My my podcast, and I'll my guests, I'll warn them. Listen. I think this topic is so important, and we, you know, we talked during the the pre-interview, and I know where they're going with it, and I'm already convinced before we go live that it's not going to be enough. I'm going to have to have another hour with them, so I'm very tricky. You know, I will say in the middle of it, so yeah. you know, I don't yeah. think we're going to get there. Would y'all mind coming, you know, back, you know, in a few weeks? Oh, yesterday, I Yesterday, well, yeah. Monday. Yeah my guest is going to come back at such an important topic. She's going to come back at the end of the year to follow up with what, what our topic was because things will have changed because of the pandemic. Yeah. So I'm very tricky. I'll say, okay, well y'all come back. I'm doing it and I'll say it on the show. I'm doing it to you right here on the show. So you can't say no. And they laugh and they say, yeah, I'd (laughs) love to
0: go deep. Go deep.
1: If you can, a 60 minute podcast is perfect for that. A 15 minute, maybe not, but,
0: Go deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go deep. I love that. Um, so we do that. We do some of that topic work. And then I'm really figuring out where I'm going to pitch them, finding those right audiences. And a way that I recommend doing that um, that I'll say to your audience now is use Apple Podcasts, iTunes to your advantage. Um, you know, go in there, maybe put in someone that has a similar ideal customer to you, you know, some might say a competitor, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a competitor. Put them in, see if they've been on any podcasts. If they have, click on those, and then scroll down to the bottom. iTunes has what I call the biggest rabbit hole of all time, which is their You Might Also Like feature. So you go into a podcast, any podcast on Apple Podcasts, and at the bottom of that screen, as a, you scroll down past the reviews, everything like that. They are going to show you podcasts that have a similar audience to the one that you're looking at. Um, and so that's a great way to start doing research. I do most research for my clients in iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Um, and I have a timer, you guys. I have like an analog timer that I keep on my desk, and I set an alarm for myself because you can go down – such a rabbit hole in iTunes with shows that it is insane. Like you could just basically black out, wake up three hours later and be like, okay, I've got, you know, a hundred shows to look at now. Um, So I have to set a timer for myself because otherwise I go a little bit too crazy. But that is a great place to start doing your research, start finding shows that are going to have your ideal customer on there. They also organize by category in iTunes as well. Um, or by keywords. So like, let's say you have a blog about, um, or not a blog, let's say you have a business about uh, veganism, or whatever, you could put vegan into the iTunes search bar, and you're going to have shows come up. The beauty of that is you go into those shows, and then you scroll down to the bottom to see that you might also like. Anyways, this is just going to bring you, you know, a lot of different ideas. And when I teach it in my um, in my training that I do, I kind of get a little bit more strategic in, in how we do it, but I don't have the time to dive into that right now. But the you might also like feature is a great one, and that's where we do most of our research.
1: And see, I had, I don't find myself in position to go do that, so that's news to me. That's great information.
0: Yeah, it's a great place to find new ones. Um, you know, see what you see what you're looking for. Um, you know, and find that. And, and then you're going to have to find the contact info for the shows. Um, so that's kind of the next step. And there's multiple ways to do that. Um, so a lot of shows have a website, so you can go figure it out there. Um, you will find shows that you need to submit through an um, online form, like through a submission form. That's totally fine. Do that. Whatever the folks wants you to do how, how they prefer to have it be submitted, do it that way. Okay, so that's my advice to you. Don't try to be like, well, they have this online submission form, but I'm going to try and find an email so I can send it to them. They're telling you this is how we prefer to get our pitches. So please send it this way. Um, And so I think that that's, you know, just something to keep in mind. Be doing what, Like I said earlier, you need to be doing the heavy lifting, guys, for these hosts, all right? They're doing you a favor by having you on their show. Um, So you need to make sure that you're making it as easy as possible for them. Um, so the finding the right shows, finding the contact info, pitching. So actually sending, you know, the pitch, um, which I won't, again, I'm not necessarily able to get into here. I teach this in my training, but you know what that looks like. Okay. What happens in paragraph one, paragraph two, what do the bullets look like for my topic ideas, et cetera. Um, but the point being your, your pitch isn't going to be super long. Okay. It shouldn't be super long. Um, it, it's because if, you know, like when you get an email from your boss and there's like 10 paragraphs on it, you're just like, no, thank you. <laughs> that's how, you know, a podcast host is as well. They don't want to read some super long thing. They want to kind of quickly know, all right, is this person credible? Do I like the topic ideas? Okay. Let's see if we can move forward from here. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of, I feel like I'm just rambling about what a, um, official but trust me when I say it doesn't need to be super long or involved.
1: No, and a one-sheet is perfect for that because it forces you to be concise and precise. So you have to, you know, choose your words carefully. You have to choose your topics carefully. It makes you do your own homework. I would start with a one-sheet. Seriously.
0: And what I do, to be honest, when I pitch is, um, especially when I cold pitch, if it's someone that I I don't know personally, um, you know, I write out a pitch and then I attach the one-sheet. So even mm-hmm. though some of that information is going to be redundant, um, that's on that one sheet, you know, I want to make sure that they have access to it. And hot tip, put it in a Google Drive and link to it. Don't have your one sheet be an attachment to the email because people that don't know you aren't going to open an attachment. So that's thing I, I like to throw in there is just have it as a link that's act, that they can access. They can click on it and go to the document, but don't have it be something they have to download
1: great tip. I wanted to go back a little bit and I'm trying to think what we were talking sure. about. Basically, we were talking about what it is, oh, the call to action. Because and mm-hmm. you're right, on this show at the end of it, I will say, "Okay, Christina, where can people find you? Is there anything that, you know, you we missed and you want to share?" You're going to have a call to action in there, I'm sure. So what happens and i've had this happen before and it's just it's one of those things that popped into my head but because in my my show notes there's always links to you know where you are instagram you know all of your different things mm-hmm. don't choose uh i'm just going to warn you right now don't choose a call to action that is a webinar that's going to end or is not going to be worth a crap in 10 years because these podcasts, yeah, these podcasts, I don't know about you, but mine get heard over and over and over and I put them out every Friday night. Not too long ago, I put a podcast up from, from my friend, Larry Winget six New York, you know, six New York times, bestselling author. You know, he's a fantastic guy. This podcast was eight years old. I put it right back up there and people were like, oh my, I didn't even hear this one. Uh, you know, you mm-hmm. we recycle these. If we're a good podcast host, we are constantly right, right. recycling these. It's not a one and done. So be careful about what you want us to put in those links because if it's not going to be good six months down the road, you just wasted valuable real estate.
0: Yes, and I love multiple things that you just said. Um, I want to get back to the recycling content briefly. But one thing that I wanted to say was absolutely a hundred percent. People binge podcasts. That's why I was saying, um, you know, I might hear from someone six months down the road after this airs uh, because someone sees it, they or they stumble upon this podcast, they download multiple of them, they start listening to them. A lot of people do that. Okay, I myself do that. I find a podcast that I like, and I'm like, boom, 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 boom. Like I want to listen to ten of these or whatever. Um, so what I recommend and what I have like my clients do and my students do is have an evergreen web page that that you can direct people to. Exactly. So like mine, and again, I'll talk about it to the end, but this is just to give an example, is, you know, publicity by Christina backslash booked. And when people head to that website, that's going to have, you know, a free resource on there, and then it's going to have a couple ways that people can work with me. I can then change out that free resource if I need to. I can add other things to it. I can take things away. But I don't have to worry about that URL changing. I don't have to worry about someone finding it six months down the road and it going to a blank page, like you said, to a webinar that's been over for months. Um, You know, I'm able to put whatever I want on that specific URL. And that's what I really recommend people do because it just makes everyone's life easier.
1: It really does. You have to be strategy. I mean, we're talking a lot about strategy, and I'm so glad you are. But you have to be strategic in what you're doing right now and what you might be doing down the road so you can't just Mm -hmm. say oh god i'm on a podcast and then just stop thinking after that because you're going to just assume that people are going to be hearing you eight nine ten thirteen years down the road and trust me when i tell you they will hear you you know whether Mm
0: -hmm. my first
1: podcast was thirteen years ago i'm I don't even remember I what it was all about, and I'm sure it was god awful, yeah. <laughs> but I had fun. <laughs> I, yeah. You have to keep going. So be yeah. strategic about what it is you're bringing now and what you will be bringing
0: down the road. And I and I like what you said about recycling the content. A good po- a good podcast host will absolutely use you know their content again and again, which is amazing. But that's what you need to remember as a guest is you can also use this as content again and again and again. Um, So, you know, the second that you're this, you know, this, and for Denise, you know, like she said, this is going to land today. So I'm able to use this today, but sometimes, you know, you might do an interview and it might not go for even a few months. Um, But whenever it does, the thing that you always want to be putting that on your social media, of course, letting people know that you, you know, this episode just came out, tagging the host, all that good stuff. But another thing that I actually do um, is I chop a lot of my interviews up into one minute or less snippets, um, and then I'm able to post those on my Instagram regularly. Um, if they're under a minute, then you can put them on your, um, your Facebook uh, page, like your timeline um, type of stuff, and just reuse that content again and again and again. Um, that's what you're doing this for. So don't be shy. Don't feel like people are seeing it too much, anything like that. Trust me, they're not. Just get it out as much as you can and, and use these things to your advantage.
1: And Canva is your friend, C-A-N-V-A. Get is free account. yeah. <laughs> get the paid account. You know, yep. if a client says, oh, I had so much fun, they're giving you a testimonial, put that testimonial on a yeah, graphic. Canva, share it. You know, and Liner right. is
0: another great app.
1: Oh, Headliner, that's a good one, too.
0: Headliner is who who I do my audio snippets through. So how I was just saying that, you guys, it is so freaking easy to use. And you can have a free account. You can do up to five snippets a month for free. Um, And that's a really, really great, easy way to create some content.
1: I haven't used that one. I've looked at it a couple of times, but I haven't used it. So I just wrote it down. I'm going to go use it. Okay, so what else? I mean, we... I've been interrupting you a bit, and I'm so sorry, but we've got so much to share.
0: You're good, yeah. Okay, so
1: what else do people really need to know? And I think we might be terrifying people a bit, like, I have to do the heavy lifting.
0: (laughs) Yes, you do. Yes, you you do. do. You do. You do. And, you know, I think that that's actually an important point to bring up. Look, I work with a lot of people that have their VA do pitching for them, or there's people that just hire me to do pitching for them you know, this is something that takes time. Um, You know, people are different journeys on this. If you're just getting started, you know, you have to decide, do I want to be doing the pitching myself? Do I want to have a member of my team do it myself? Or do I just want to have someone else do it for me entirely? And I think that that's important to kind of, to kind of understand that this does take time. And it's not, you know, you sending out one pitch is probably not going to land um, you know, you got to be sending out multiple pitches, and if you're doing it the right way, which is what I consider sustainable visibility, so continuing to be pitching yourself, landing podcasts, et cetera, this needs to be a part of your ongoing strategy. Um, it's not just something that you're going to do one day and then be done with it and expect it to be successful. It needs to be something that you're focusing on every month, every quarter, you know, whatever works for you.
1: Exactly. And let me tell you this, too, and Christina, I think, will say, yeah, you're right a good podcast host and I do consider myself to be a very good podcast host because I love what I do. I love meeting people every Monday and Friday. I just have a ball. Yeah. But here's the thing, if you came on our show and we absolutely fell in love with your topic and what you were sharing, we are going to find other hosts in, in our stream, if you will, our stream of consciousness and say, Hey, I do this every week. Every week I send out about five or six podcasts that I've already done to people that I think should, they should be on their show as well. So we're going to do some Mm -hmm. heavy lifting for you if you've done yours first.
0: Yep. yeah, And I think that this is important. The relationship with the host is typically one of the, um, one of the best parts about being a guest on podcast. That ongoing relationship, I can't even tell you hosts that I've been on their shows that now, you know, um, refer clients to me, um, refer other people to me, um, you know, and vice versa, things like that. Having, when you actually get to have a conversation with someone, as we all know, and you have that connection, it just makes everything so much easier um, moving down the line. So keep in mind that that relationship with the host as a guest is, is almost equally as important as the one with the audience.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And listen, I've picked up a good bit of business just, and I'll tell you why this happens. And maybe this is just me being Southern polite, but it seems to me that when we're done with the podcast, you know, I'll have to hang up because it's still still recording. But once I've done what girls do. You know, you you've been on the phone for an hour, you run for the bathroom, you let the dog out, you get a <laughs> bottle of water. <laughs> then I go sure, back sure. to my desk and I will pick up the phone and I'm going to call you as soon as we're done. Christina, mm-hmm. that was so much fun. Let's do it again. Or where yeah. you know, <laughs> what yeah. do you need me to do to help you? We're going to talk and I can't even begin to tell you how many clients and how many just great contacts because mm-hmm. so, it's it's a three part process. We have the pre interview, we have the interview, then I do the thank you call. At the end of that, mm-hmm. we're probably you know exchanging Christmas cards for the next ten years. <laughs> I love it. I love it.
0: it. Works. Yeah. And and I will say though that Denise, you are a step above most most hosts aren't going to do those three things. Um, uh, and that is one thing I just I just want people to be aware of is don't be alarmed if someone doesn't do a pre interview or you know, things like that. It's okay. It's just a preference of the host, Um, you know, what they like to do, how they prefer to do it. Um, You know, and I love, I love how you do it. I think, I think it's smart to be able to say like, hey, we do click, this is going to work, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, But don't be alarmed, like as a potential guest, don't be alarmed if a host doesn't do that. It's, It's okay. It's just what, what they want.
1: Exactly. We're all different. We all do our own thing. This just happens to be what I'm comfortable with.
0: I have to say though
1: I was on in the middle of a I guess it was a Facebook argument, so to speak. And the big conversation was about what we're talking about, you know, do you do a pre interview? Do you not? I I won't have somebody on my Yeah, Yeah. Well, this one guy Very interesting guy, and he's a well-known name, so I'm not going to share it. But he's like, I will not go on anybody's podcast if they want to pre-interview me. Oh, great. Well, you just went off my list. Hmm. And he did. And I'm telling you, I don't know. Well, it went on and on and on. And, you know, there was a lot. It wasn't really an argument, but there were a lot of pros and cons. And, of course, I'm like. It was a discussion. (laughs) It was a discussion. Interestingly enough, he wanted to come on my podcast about six weeks after that and I just said, You know, I remember (laughs) and I was very polite about it. I said, I remember a conversation where you don't do pre interviews, so I'm probably not your best home here. And I didn't take him,
0: yeah. Uh, you love it. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. you know,
1: I, I get a little well, cranky no, you,
0: sometimes. You got, well, Andy, and to your point, this, I, and I'm sorry, but this is the perspective I come from, this is your show. You have a way that you like to work with your guests. And as a guest, you know, of course, within all reasonable measures, you need to be doing what the host is asking you to do. Um, exactly. If they're asking you to do a pre-interview, you need to do that. If they're asking you to fill out an online submission form, that's how you submit your pitch. Um, We need to be doing what they're asking because, again, this is a lot of work for them. So they're trying to make this the best that they can for their audience, and they're trying to do that in the way that works for them. So please, 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 if I, you know, if you learn nothing from our conversation today other than do the heavy heavy lifting and service over self-promotion. And those are really the two things that are going to help you be a successful guest.
1: Perfect. Can you believe we're out of time? We've got hey. like ten seconds left, but that's what? okay. We'll we'll keep oh, okay. no. <laughs> we'll keep recording. Yeah. So tell people anything that we forgot or I didn't ask you or we didn't get around to. You know, just if you can spend about five more minutes with me. Um, I think oh, that would oh, be yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That would be great because I don't want to yeah. just say, Okay, we gotta go. There's got to be some yeah. other little tips and advice that you've got to share.
0: Well, I think that the, you know, I've shared a lot. I feel like probably to your point, people's heads are are spinning. Um, But, you know, the thing that I just want everyone here to remember is that this is absolutely something you should be doing in your business. Um, It should be a part of your marketing. Again, a lot of people aren't focusing on the earned. And being a guest on podcasts is one of the lowest barriers to entry. Um, to getting some of that earned media, um, to be able to put some sweet logos on your website, up your credibility, up your visibility, um, you know, do some list building in the process. Um, That's obviously always a huge plus. Um, But the thing about podcasts is you don't pay to be on them. Um, You don't, you know, have to, you can pitch for free. You'd be a guest for free, all these things. So this is, and they're only growing. Podcasts are only growing. More and more people are starting podcasts. And more and more people are listening to podcasts. So this absolutely needs to be a part of your marketing, a part of your plan, um, you know, for that sustainable visibility.
1: Exactly. And listen, don't get your feelings hurt if a podcast host like me says, oh, it's not a good topic. Do you oh, have yeah. something different? Yeah. Oh, yeah actually had podcast guests say, oh, I'm so sorry, but six months later, because I'll give them, you know, I don't just tell you to go away. I mean, I will try to help you. And six months down the road, a year down the road, they'll say, I don't know if you remember or not, but I tried to come on your podcast. This is what I'm doing now. Can I maybe get on the podcast? Well, now, yes, you can. Because yeah, you've heard
0: absolutely. So don't, and don't just not up and cross us is- off. We're here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's not a one and done type thing. And I think that um, that's really important what you said also is like, look, I do not land all the pitches I send. Okay. Like, I mean, that's, that's not, that's not how this works. You know, if it did, it would be a way easier job. Trust me. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I'm taking the time and doing the research and stuff to show that, you know, of course, I don't know at the time, but they're not going to accept my client, um, you know, or whatever, for whatever reason. Um, and so I think that um, it's important to remember that not all these are going to land. Um, you know, if you do your research and you send a well thought out pitch um, that the host can tell clearly, like, okay, they've done their research, maybe the host is full, they don't have space for any more guests right now, or to your point, maybe it's not the exact right thing. If you keep, if you send a solid pitch, and then you, you send another solid pitch six months down the road with some different topic ideas. That's totally fine. And in no way are you bugging them, are you bothering them, anything like that. You are still trying to provide value to their audience. So absolutely maintaining a good relationship, and that means sending solid pitch, following up, being polite in everything that you follow up with. Don't ever ask them, why didn't you accept my pitch? Okay? That's not their Ooh, job. Um, don't if do they're, that. if okay. they're nice, like, don't do that. If they're nice yeah. like Denise and they might give you some feedback, that's awesome, but don't expect that and don't expect them to tell you why they did it. Um, and a lot of people you just won't hear from. Um, you know, some people will write back and say, no, thank you, you know, it's not the right time or, or whatever, but um, from quite a few hosts, you're not going to hear anything. So once you've done a couple of rude. follow-ups. That's rude. I mean, it is, but it's also I just want people to be prepared. For that, you know, that that definitely does happen. Um, So just be prepared for that. If you've sent a couple follow-ups and you still haven't heard anything, move on. You can always pitch them again to our point six months down the road, a year from now, whatever.
1: And to your point, Christina, one of – I had a, a man who tried to get on my po- my podcast for about five years, and there was oh, just wow. nothing – five years. And – it. Yeah. He just didn't have what I needed, so, oh, gosh, about a year or so ago, he sent me a note, he said, and he told me he'd been trying to get on for five years, and he's from, from Slovenia, he's not American, which I get a lot of, you know, out-of-country guests, and they're fascinating. Yeah. But he said, listen, I'm going to tell you how I found you. I bought a new car in the UK. I had never heard of a podcast, but it was on my dashboard. And you were in the top 50 of business podcasts. And I started listening to you. I fell in love with your voice and how you converse. And here's why I would love to be on your podcast. He has been on my podcast a couple of times. We zoom frequently to just to chat and catch up. He's a sweetheart of a man. Oh, and I he sent me so many great people. In fact one of my recent
0: oh, I love that.
1: podcasts was somebody that he recommended. He didn't stop trying. So yeah, you know. Don't stop trying. Just because you're hitting us at a time where maybe we've had too many of that topics, that's happened, you know, that particular topic. Yeah. Or you, you're just not a good fit doesn't mean you won't be. Don't stop trying.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what you say about the topic is also very important um, as well. Now, sometimes, of course, episodes are going to be re- recorded that haven't been released, so you won't always know if it necessarily if a similar topic has already been talked about. But if there already has been a guest on that show that's talked about – like if if Denise, you know, had already had someone on her show that had talked about podcasting, you know, being a podcast guest, that type of thing, I want to make sure that when I pitch her, I note that. So I would say, hey, I saw that you had so-and-so on your show talking about XYZ. That's so awesome. I'm sure that your audience found a lot of value in that. You know, here are some some ideas that I think could go a little bit deeper. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to actually send – some topic ideas that still make sense for that audience and things like that, but they're not going to be the exact same as like, okay, this baseline one, she's already had done. So let me get into it a little bit more. Um, And that's a hundred percent fine for a host. If you're actually saying like, Hey, I saw that you had this. That's awesome. I'd love to come on and talk about X, Y, Z. Again, that's only showing them that you've looked at the show. You've researched the show you've spent the time to make sure that you're not just sending them the exact same topic.
1: Exactly. And listen, I will have multiple people come and talk on the same topic. I try to space them because everybody's got their own idea, their own way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Right now I've had a couple of just, I just did this one last week. I'm so sorry. I can't right now, but I think what people Maybe um, you were giving a lot of information here, but this is marketing, and you do have Mm -hmm. to do your work, and you do have to be strategic. And, Christina, Mm -hmm. you have given some terrific ideas, but it really boils down to this is marketing and public Mm -hmm. speaking, which can be very frightening for a lot of people. But don't be. Podcast hosts are going to walk you through it.
0: Yes. They want a good show for their audience. Um, You know they want to make sure that you're comfortable and that you're able to provide you know the info. Yeah, hundred percent.
1: Exactly. Listen, where can people find you? I will let you go. I said five minutes and it's five minutes eight sec. Oh, I'm sorry, it's seven <laughs> minutes. I lied. Hey, to we, you. we have our we
0: have our house right. here, so I'm good. I'm good. I, there's no kids busting in right now. Um, good. Yeah. We're good there. Um, yeah, no. Uh, well, of course I'm going to direct everyone to my evergreen uh, page, um, like oh. I spoke about. You know, very very meta. Um, but yes, if you want to find me, you can find me at publicity by Christina, which is publicityxchristina with a ch dot com backslash booked. And I will make sure that Denise has that as well. Um, but there, I have a free resource on what you should have in place before you start pitching yourself as a guest as well as more info about ways that, you know, you can work with me or more info about my training that I do once a month. Um, you know, I, I just absolutely love the podcast world, and I think that there's so much opportunity for people out there to, to, you know, up that visibility and credibility and get their name out there.
1: There very much is. Listen, I'm an introvert. You wouldn't guess it, listening to me, I am a complete, committed introvert. I'm not shy. I just don't <laughs> like to be around people very much. Right. A podcast yeah. is perfect for me. I get to meet fascinating people. I get to find friends. I get to find yeah. customers. I get to connect other people. This is, this is my world.
0: It's funny that you say that because um, I, I'm an extrovert, but um, a lot of people that are in this podcast world are introverts. Um, sure. So other yep. people that do pitching like I do or things like that, a lot of them are introverts and they talk about how they are, um, and you know that's why this really appeals to them. Um, and for me, as a as the kind of extrovert that I am, I gain energy from other people. So talking with people like this like is a huge like I'll get off this and I'll be like yeah that was awesome you know da da da. Um, but it's really funny because it, it does honestly work for both uh, people.
1: It does. And you'd be surprised how many public speakers, big-name public speakers, are introverts. I'm not going to name names, but I know them, and they have admitted (laughs) it. (laughs) I'm not naming names. So, Christina, thank you. It has been really fascinating and wonderful speaking with you. Thanks. And I thank you for all of the wonderful tips and the advice that you've shared with our audience. And before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure absolutely sure to go look for us in iTunes, Apple iTunes, and anywhere else you consume your business podcast. Just look for your partner in Success Radio and take us along on your success journey. Christina, thank you. That was lovely.
0: Thank you so much. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at
1: yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.
0: 18 plus.